Strive and Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 25, minute-by-minute podcast covering Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, and Howling New Moon Rising, also Howling 7, 1985 and 1994 respectively. This is a minute-by-minute podcast, we're on minutes 25 of each of the movies, and when we left, well, one had already had a Howling, uh, a Howling, a Werewolf attack, and another one... We're in the midst of it. So, so let's have it. Howling 2, our gang, Red Brown, and his friend, Jenny, are in the the graveyard. And uh, Christopher Lee's character is um, about to uh, stake um, uh, Red Brown's character's sister. Ben? Sister. No, not Ben. What the hell? Well, I'm always forgetting his name. I never remember his name. Ah. But you know, you know what was happening. Listen to this. You remember what was happening. You'll remember the moment you hear it. Come on. Here we go. stuff is happening it's all happening inside of the chapel there and they're letting red brown yell before he fires assorted guns he seems to have several guns in this time and annie is screaming and and stefan or chris Lee is trying to stab the sister but the sister becomes a werewolf and they have to put the, the top of the, the of the of the of the coffin back over her and and there are a couple other werewolves in there and lots of shooting and one werewolf isn't quite finished yet and they're shooting one of them's going to escape ah! and there's yelling and um it is. It starts off horror-y, but then it becomes kind of an action scene with a bunch of people jumping out of places and shooting and random things like that. And unfortunately, it's not the best action scene because I I don't know if it's because they're trying to hide some of the werewolf makeup or they're trying. I mean, they're werewolves. We're, we know it now. Just bring them on. And but but when they bring on the older gentleman with his werewolf face, he looks a little goofy. Um. He actually looks, he reminded me of, when you see him, the the older gentleman, when you see him, he reminded me of, um, what is, I forget, Stiller, is it, um, no, yeah, Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's dad, um, when he was in, you know, um, when he was in, uh, Tales, uh, from the Dark Side, where he plays, like, a shock jock who gradually, spoiler, becomes, like, a demon, that's sort of what this werewolf guy kind of looks like, and it looks sort of unfinished and weird. I mean, I, I like the I like the thought that it's kind of unfinished. Maybe he's still half werewolf, half human, but it's it's not quite put across. Well, it's it's just kind of disconcerting. You see, and you go, what what is that? And then it cuts to Red Brown, ah, and he fires. That works much better in a movie like Strike Commando, maybe less so in Space Space Mutiny. But yeah, the, the the screaming before he... I mean, if it's werewolves and you're trying not to 
completely alert them to where you might be. Screaming before each time you fire your gun is not the way. Like I've seen every James Bond film. I don't remember a lot of big moments in like you know Casino Royale or or or, or uh, Diamonds Are Forever or Man with the Golden Gun or, or Honor Majesty's Secret Service or Dying of the Day or or uh, License to Kill where Bond is about to shoot someone and he goes wow before he shoots them. That's not a that's not a big trademark. Maybe that's his thing. Maybe that's... I like the fact that Anne says in the beginning, you know, that he's from... He's come from Montana or something like that, where he's some sort of law enforcement. I like the fact that maybe he... That's the way he does stuff, where it's like, um, all right, everybody freeze! Ah! Or, ah, everybody freeze! I don't know quite the way it would work. You know, so finally we get... I, it, I guess it's a werewolf attack-ish. It's, um... It's really just a lot of quick cuts and hairy arms and strange-looking faces and Red Brown screaming and Andy McEnroe going, Ah, look out! Over there! You know, that kind of thing. So it's um, sort of a jumble, a cluster of random things happening at once, sort of like the um, the uh, those, those two werewolves we saw earlier at the funeral trying to protect the sister. That that's That's what's basically happening here. But unfortunately... It gets a little lost in all the yelling and all the screaming and all the quick cuts. Um, it might have been more interesting if it was... I was going to say it might have been more interesting if it was more interesting. As it is, it's kind of... We finally got to a point where something's happening, and it's a jumble. And unfortunately, uh, maybe the next minute we'll really pick it up and become a mad chase or something like that. But it's not... Um, is that particular? I mean, the mo- the moment like she the sister is now a werewolf and reaches out and grabs him. Your sister is a werewolf, you know. Reaches out and grabs Christopher Lee. There, okay, that's that's semi startling. Um, uh, and uh, unfortunately, of course, the the moment all this happens, you know, you see Christopher Lee's character kind of like lose the titanium stake he got. Not only that, but it seems to fly like thirty feet away or something. So it's like, oh crap! You couldn't like that's the one thing you needed to hold on to. You know, your shoes could have flown off. That would have been fine. But the the, the the stake, keep the stake in your hand. You got the werewolf right there. Eh. And I thought he had some kind of special... Uh, maybe because he shoots his sister several times. It is, it is kind of weird to see that he runs up and says, Don't touch my sister. I have to do this. Let him do it. Rawr! And then he, Red Brown immediately screams and begins shooting the hell out of his sister. I guess he's... um. That's just the way he is. That's just simply the way he is. It's, it's weird. I thought I'd get to a minute like this and there'd be a lot to talk about, but it's just kind of a jumbled action scene where instead of the, the other side having guns to their werewolves that are tough to kill when they're shot and they can still approach you. But there is one getting away in the end or someone's getting away in the end and um, new stuff will happen. But really, it's... it's uh, Gosh, it it does it does feel a bit like the the that that original attack in that warehouse with the punks. Um, it feels a bit jumbled and strange, almost like um, either either maybe they lost some important shots, or or Philip Philippe Mora didn't quite have it set up the way it was supposed to be. It does it's not satisfying. It just is. So let's go on to Howling Howling New Moon Rising. See what that's up to here. I forget where we were. Ted. Yeah, that's right. Ted breaks into the guy who got killed, breaks into his hotel room, and he's searching for something. Listen to this.
was an awful scream. I'm surprised you didn't hear it. It woke me up. Hear more than a scream if he ever comes back here. Well, after the scream, I looked in my window, and I saw someone wandering around. It looked like Ted. Ted? What has he got to do with it? Well, they had a fight at the bar last night. Well, do me a favor and go look for Ted and ask him if he knows anything about this. Now things are beginning to tie together here because at the end of the minute, Harriet finds a photo on the floor of the woman whose name I've forgotten, but it's okay, from Howling Six, who we saw in the crowd, who, who um, you remember at the beginning of the movie, she was killed, and the, the they found the tramp who said that he, I forget what it was, you remember what it was, but she was, she was in Howling Six, and um, the priest knew who she was, and it's something to do with the tramp that was killed in the beginning. And I thought I remembered it, but as I tried to explain, I I, I don't know it at all. So I'll, because she because Harriet finds the the photo on the ground literally at the last second of this minute, I'm going to go back and for episode 26, I will give you more on the info. But that's some sort of link to Howling Six, which is fun. I am. Um, I've said. I've said. I've said this before. Um, the fact that we do not have a big ass Blu-ray box set of the eight Howling movies is a shame. Because if if the first one is the only one that's a classic, two through eight are all entertaining in their own ways. And uh, you just heard me talk about two a bit. The cluster bang of the. Um, uh, the uh, uh, that strange action horror whatever that was sequence and three is 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 three seems more in what what three seems like the marsupials is three seems more like um like Batman Returns you know where Tim Burton made Batman but if you if you'd seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice you could spot Tim Burton within Batman. But it was sometimes tough to see him. But then if you see Batman Returns, you're like, oh yeah, this is Tim Burton. So if you've seen other Philippe Morat films, you watch two and you go, okay, I can see Philippe Morat in this. But then when you watch three, the marsupials, you go, oh yeah, there he is. Here he is. And Howling 4, like I said, the joy of Howling 4 is it is a straightforward adaptation of the first one without any satire, without any humor, almost without any werewolves. But that's part of the fun of it. That's part of the fun of it is that it it's a thoroughly well-made film that is is that the lady from six or is that the lady from four no it's not the lady from four the lady from four is more blonde and looks different we'll see her later that is the lady from six dang, dang it the, the, the problem is I of all of them like I said I've never seen eight reborn uh, but I have not seen six since it came out on video and like 93, 94. I don't know why I should go back and see it because I remember enjoying it. Um, but uh, but yeah, then Howling Five, like I said, the rebirth is a is a rebirth, right? Is a fun ten little Indians in this cool um, Hungarian or wherever it is castle. And Howling Six, I just remember being like Howling Six is like a surprise, sort of like Silent Night, Deadly Night Four. You watch it like, oh wow, okay, almost like a Hall- Halloween three kind of thing you know although we were not ready for howling halloween 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 three in 1982 83 whenever it was it came out um and people still aren't 
you still see people encountering Halloween 3 and like, what the heck? Where's Michael Myers? And you're like, oh, God, stop it. Please stop it. And, and you, it's funny that you have to have people actually say, well, ha- Halloween 3 is a good movie. Um, yeah, you're damn right it's a good movie. Pardon my French. It's, 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 it's more sci-fi, I would say, than horror. It's Nigel Neal wrote the original screenplay. It's more the sort of thing one might encounter in a, in a, in a 70s serial of Doctor Who than, than in a slasher film. But it's a joy. I want to watch it right now. But I can't find my Blu-ray along with Terror Train. Oh, come on. So, um, yeah, and then Howling 6, like I said, Howling 6 is, is, is a surprise. Like, wow, someone thought ahead. This is fun. And then Howling 7 is what we're watching right now. So, yeah, this one is basically Ted is looking for something at the beginning. Then it's the next morning. And you see that lady who um, was in sort of the sheer nightgown, negligee top. Um, and, you know, they said her husband was stealing from her side of the wardrobe. Uh, you see her feeding some deer. You see sort of a monster truck pull up. And you think that her feeding the deer and the monster truck is in some way going to lead to the next shot, which is the broken um, doorknob, the broken um, latch, the bro- the thing, you know, I, I don't know. I've put in doorknobs before, but, you know, it's the, the thing that you, um, and there's a thing you screw in the wall, and the doorknob goes in, I don't know what it's called, but it's broken and busted, and they, they're talking about it, and Cheryl is there. And Cheryl, who I thought was a pretty decent actress in the um, previous scenes, is really wooden in this one. Her, her, the way she delivers the lines, um, she is either one, she's either one just thinks this is rehearsal and maybe doesn't realize it's the, it's the actual scene. Two um, is really not sure of what she's saying, or three is is fudging it in some fashion, and and she's a bad liar. It's tough to tell exactly what she's up to at this time, but we'll find out soon enough, or maybe we won't. There's so many characters, and there's so many characters we haven't met yet, and we're halfway in the movie, halfway in the movie, third of the way, pardon me, into the movie. So, yeah, and, and Harriet goes into the, um, uh, the the room at the end, and she finds a picture of the woman from Howling 6, the freaks. And that's it. So we're going to, um, I do I do like Harriet, where she's like, well, he, you know, He's going to get the what for if he comes back here. You get Ted, and you come back. and So they did hear the argument He Ted had with the guy, so that was dumb. Ted should, should have gotten the guy, let the guy get further away, farther away, further farther. So there's where we are at the end of minute 25 of both of these. We're in the midst of a strange werewolf attack in two, and we're learning that there is a link between that thing that attacked the guy in the previous minutes and Howling 6. And maybe soon... Well, technically there's already a link between Howling 5 because Howling 5, um, Ted, was in it, right? Wasn't he? Do we know that yet? But we do know that. Ted's the Australian guy in Howling 5. And he's the one who, like, during the blizzard, I think he, get either lo- he gets either lost in the catacombs under the castle or he gets stuck out in the snow and it's purportedly sort of freezes to death. I forget what it is, but... Um, but that's the thing with Ted is Ted links us to five because he was in five, and Clive Turner was also in four, but I forget if that's meant to be the same character. I don't think it is. But so we're so we're getting the links. We're getting the links. Uh, everything together. Um, what it all means, I don't know. And I hope when we get to the end of Howling Seven, I don't have to say that. Ooh, Howling Seven didn't know either.
but we'll find out. So that was the end of this episode. Everyone be good to yourself. Here's a little music play out. Mm-hmm.